Welcome to Beggar's Bread, a podcast where we invite Christians and truth seekers to engage with thoughtful sources in an age of disinformation. Our name is inspired from the quote by D.T. Niles, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Each week, we recommend a source for you, either a sermon, podcast, or video. This week, in our season finale of season two, we bring you a book not our own. And with that, I'm Luke in Wisconsin, and I'm here and also there with Nick from North Carolina. How's it going, Nick? Hey, yo. It's going good. It's going good. Kind of pumped to already, after doing this podcast for about, what, three months now, have a season two finale in the books, or at least as soon as we finish this episode. Yeah, that is very crazy, just to think about. Yeah, I think three months, only three months. Yeah. And we've had, I think, probably by the time we're done with this recording, we'll have had over a thousand downloads. So there's probably like a hundred people listening to this. <laughs> wow, man! Which and I'm we only for. paid ninety nine of them. There's that one person that's doing it for free. No, just kidding. That's not true. We don't have that <laughs> kind of money. Um, <laughs> no, unfortunately, not yet. Indeed, not well, yet. We won't. But you know, what, I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? You mean Starbucks doesn't pay you that much? Also, if you ever are thinking, I would like to drink some Starbucks and you are in Raleigh, you should uh, message us on Facebook and we'll tell you where Nick works and then you can go and meet him in person. In person, in the flesh. But I'm not going to tell you where I work because uh, I work remotely for a financial institution and I don't want to get in trouble talking about politics. So I'm not going to tell you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway. Keep that on the DL. <laughs> let's talk about... Uh, <laughs> man, that was... I feel like I just start over. <laughs> No, no that's fine we're we pushing through going yeah it's too late now it's and it's late class is a single recording it is late i need to go and return my carpet scrubber or not my carpet scrubber to the neighbors that have let me use their their carpet cleaner and i've kept it a little bit longer than i said i would keep it so that's that's the that's the work today podcast listeners we're gonna talk about the bible and then i'm gonna return my carpet cleaner Anyway, well, you know the worst type of neighbor is the neighbor that doesn't return the stuff you lend them. I know, right? I don't want to be a bad neighbor. Also, they listen to this podcast, so they'll probably laugh because they'll be like, "That'll be a month from now." <laughs> they'll, be like, oh. <laughs> and they'll remember. And they'll be like, "Wait a second, he never uh, returned it to like us." Me with my, it sounds like me when I like lend books out to people. I'm like, I should just assume that I'm not getting those back. Those are gifts now. <laughs> oh yeah, books are tricky. Uh, well, I think you owe me a book, actually. <laughs> do I? Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> We'll Which recommend one? it later. That's like a that's okay. another season. I don't want to spoil it. Yeah, don't don't spoil it. I also have to find that book. Uh, speaking of books, this episode. Uh, thank you, Nick. That was that was so smooth of a segue, man. Just we went from carpet cleaner to book to a book not our own. Because this week hey. we we're dropping that biblical literacy on y'all on us uh, on the podcast. We're not actually dropping anything. We're just saying it through this audio device and. So the book, the Bible, why why is why is it not our own? Well, this is something, and maybe you're sitting there going like, I already know this. So if you do that, that's great. Thank you for knowing that and and sticking with us anyway. It's uh, the Bible was not written to us. It was written to various people groups um, over time, but it's it's still of our benefit. But it's the only reason why we're talking about this. And I know this, the Bible is very big. <laughs> So we're we're gonna zoom in on one book, and specifically, one of those tricky parts. 
on Joshua. And the source we're recommending is the Bible Project. It's an overview of Joshua. It's a YouTube video. The Bible Project has uh, a lot. Uh, they 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 make things profusely on YouTube, and they have podcasts. And the reason why we're zooming in, pretty animation. Yeah, they got great animation. It's just quality material. And they are in this episode, this book talking about an overview of Joshua. They zoom in as we are going to for a little bit today on when God tells the Israelites to wipe out the Canaanites because it's uncomfortable. At least I find that uncomfortable. Uh, I would say generally speaking, most people find genocide or at least what seems to be genocide very uncomfortable. Would you say that genocide makes you uncomfortable, Nick? Given how much I've heard about it and read about it, and then also seemingly finds in, you know, scriptures, right? It sounds a bit problematic, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm just gonna be real honest here and say I think it well, I think, you know, honesty is best policy, right? Hashtag best policy. Uh also Hashtag truth seekers. Truth seekers. Um It is uncomfortable for me. I, I think there are some ways in which it kind of softens the severity of the passage when in in the, why am I having trouble talking, the, the Bible Project, when they talk about how, well, actually, some of this language is hyperbolic. Um, it's not actually meant to kill everyone, but it's still very severe, even with that kind of softening of saying, well, you have to read this in the original context. Um, I would also say another reason that I often hear in just growing up in the church, whenever we're talking about something that's really uncomfortable, sometimes it will be said, well, you know, in a lot of other cultures, they actually don't find this very uncomfortable. Almost like saying your, our culture, referring to, you know, whatever culture you're in, but specifically in this case, American evangelical Midwestern culture where I grew up, our culture find this uncomfortable. That doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong as, and I think that argument, it it does have a little bit of pull to say, hey, uh, perhaps our our setting has some blind spots. But at the same time, just because uh, another culture views it differently doesn't mean that it's not a blind spot for them. So perhaps, you know what I'm saying? Like different, every culture will have some, some good things that the gospel will affirm, that Jesus will affirm, and it will, each culture will have some things that God confronts. And to put it simply, you're still sitting there with Joshua. (laughs) Like you can't, it's not, it's like we could try our best to kind of um, dismiss it, but it's hard. Like at the end of the day, we have to sit with this. And if we're Christians, which Nick and I proclaim to be, to follow Jesus, we're saying that this is God's inspired word. Um, Anyway, uh, actually, before I go any further, I think maybe this would be a good time for our co-listener's thoughts. Because our co-listener, so he, he graduated from seminary. Um, actually, when I texted him, I was like, hey, can you uh, can you do this co-listening? And um, he's like, sure. I was thinking about writing a thesis on that. And I was like, oh, wow, amazing. So, That's here, so convenient. Yeah, so convenient. So here's uh, We're Jonathan. We're recording a podcast on this. Indeed. Um, Jonathan from California says, The stories of God commanding the complete destruction of a different people group have always been a difficult read for me. 
There is a part of me that recoils from these accounts, because part of me disbelieves that our loving God would command such a thing. The Bible Projects video, the Bible Projects video does well to address this, and their point about hyperbolic language is helpful. But I also find it helpful to remember that the covenant of God was based on ancestry and upheld by works. We who are under the new covenant of Jesus' blood often find these Old Testament stories difficult because they seem to clash with our new covenant understanding of God's love. But these stories are just as important for showing God's justice and desire for purity in his people. And they, along with the rest of the Old Testament, serve to point us forward to the fulfillment of these covenants, Jesus. So thank you for that um, kind of analysis, Jonathan. I think, um, I, I don't know, I've been talking for a little bit, Nick. I, I guess, what what comes to your mind when you think of I, just that, that idea of like, well, this is a different time, so we're supposed to understand it and grasp it. But yet, it's still it's still God. It's still the same same person we're worshiping. I mean, it still makes it difficult in that, like, you read descriptive passages of people um, getting, you know, destroyed, or at least, you know, sections of the the army and population of certain cities murdered. And I know, I think. Um, I've heard podcasts with John Walton on it and they talked about, you know, like the size of like Jericho wasn't as like crazy as we might consider now or like towns and cities that we hear there are not in the same scale as what we find in the modern age with like the mortality rate here being different and just population size. Um, but still doesn't necessarily make it any easier to, to grapple with um, these commands about holiness for um, a covenant people so that God can dwell among them. Um, but it definitely is like a signpost towards that future and that's that future um, pushing towards holiness that God desires. Yeah. And it seems like there's kind of these, these different routes that we're almost trying to chip away at the, the difficulty in taking this like, okay, um, perhaps there's hyperbolic language. Um, perhaps a different culture might see this differently. Perhaps this is God's holiness. And yet, it's still hard. And this is actually where I come down to, uh, this is, especially, you know, we, we are grateful to have anyone listening, of course, but especially friends that are not Christians, and they may be listening and be like, man, you guys are weird. Like, you're just trying to hmm. kind of rationalize away this absurdity. Um, so for, to them, I would say, first, well, hey, would you take us up on actually l- watching this video? Because I think they can explain it a little bit better than we can. Um, but also, and, and they also have the, the scholarship background of studying these ancient scriptures to a little bit more weighty than we do. But the other thing I, I did want to say and I, I know why people may recoil from this argument, but I think this is the honest truth about how I, how I feel about some of these difficult parts in Scripture. Um, ultimately, some of my friends have said, I, I can't be a Christian. Like, cause, like look, what, look what God said to do to these Canaanites. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. And 
I would say, you know, if I picked up the Bible and I only read that passage, that would be pretty rough. I, I would be like, all right, um, cool. I'll, I'll find something else. <laughs> um, but that's the thing. I, I don't pick up the Bible and just read that passage. Um, at least if I'm going to be taking it at its, at its word. But I think most importantly, if you are considering being a Christian, and if this is an obstacle to you, I would say the most important question you have to ask is, is Jesus of Nazareth who he said he was? Did he really die and rise from the dead? Because if he did, then ultimately it doesn't really matter what you think about his treatment of the Canaanites. Not that it's not important to have a conscience, don't, don't get me wrong, but It's not your authority that decides what's right or wrong. It's God's. Now, if Jesus of Nazareth did not die and rise from the dead, then it doesn't matter what that hypothetical God thinks about the Canaanites. You can stand and judge over that all day. But ultimately, when I'm talking with my friends and they're like, look, man, you believe some whack stuff. I'm like, that's true. I mean, I believe a virgin birth. I believe a guy was really God and really died on the cross for people's sins and really rose from the dead. Like, that is crazy. I'll give you that. Like, yeah, for sure. But I think this is, this is just full blown apologetics. So, you know, I'm, I'm sorry if you were like, Oh my gosh, please stop. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. What, (laughs) what do you think? Nick, not I alienated all our, our (laughs) non-Christian listeners. (laughs) Well, I will say this as well as far as the resurrection, right? I mean, even in Jesus's time, that wasn't expected. Um, that was nothing that they had considered before. Now, they believed in the resurrection, but they didn't expect that the Messiah as king would die humiliating um, criminal's death, right? And so, I don't know. Like, it's hard, it's hard for non-Christians, I'm sure, to grapple with some of those Old Testament things, but... I guess you could consider them as signposts for that future kingdom that Jesus fulfills in that he's a fulfillment of Israel's vocation to be that light to the nations um, that they were essentially like commissioned for. Um, And when they failed, then that's when ultimately Jesus came as God to do what nobody else but God himself could do. Um, so there's still like ultimately throughout this entire thing as we're looking not just at Joshua but as like a whole picture um, which I'm sure we'll talk about in like future episodes there's that hope like invested throughout and they're all pointing the way towards something greater yeah and I mean if I step back even further because and I'm really grateful for how you framed that about how how Jesus, during his time, they weren't expecting him to be rising from the dead. You know, they were expecting him to lead Israel to overturn Rome in a, like a very physical warfare kind of rebellion. Socio-political way, yeah. Yeah, and not that Jesus' gospel isn't political. It is. It's just not in the way they expected it was. And... Yeah, if I take a step back even further, so, and, and now I'm just talking about a step back further, meaning 
if I'm going to hold my Christian beliefs in suspense, you know, like when you watch a fictional movie, you can hold it at arm's length and say like, oh, suspension of belief. You know, now people have three eyes. That's normal. Like, and it's not, you know, you just, so let's yeah, pretend it's normal for a second. within that narrative universe. Right. So let's pretend for a second that my Christianity, I'm, I'm having a suspension of belief to examine it, to step back. Let's say I'm not a Christian and I'm looking from the outside in and saying, okay, you believe some crazy stuff. And believe it or not, you know, you don't have to trust me, but I went through a very intense time of doubting my Christian faith. So this isn't really that hard for me to imagine. <laughs> this is like, oh yeah, this is a couple years ago. So during that time, it's easy for someone who's not a Christian to say, all right, you believe crazy things. But what I would put forward is that everyone believes crazy things. So ultimately, and I think different people have, have different questions that kind of um, almost create this sense of awe or almost like a paralysis of like, I don't know the answer to that. For me, it was the origin of things. Like, and I'm not, I'm not talking about like, oh, how old is the earth? I think that's an interesting topic, but that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the literal origin of stuff. Like, how do we get from no stuff to stuff? All right. Like, this is like a philosophical question that people always ask. And even if I'm a Christian, right? Like, how do we get from no triune God to triune God? And somehow, in the mystery of the Christian faith, I would say God has existed from everlasting to everlasting. We, there never was no triune God. And that is too great for my brain to comprehend. It is. That's a step of faith. But I would argue that we make steps of faith regardless of our, our perspective, if we're Christians or not, all the time. Because if you, if you think God is absurd and ridiculous, what's your explanation for how everything got here? And I'm not talking about, again, I'm not talking about the timelines. I'm not talking about how old the earth is. Um, I'm talking about just the fact that it exists. And anyway, there's, there's different... I don't know. I feel like I just took that in a very different tri twist, but I'm just going to be very, very honest with you. I'm, I'm trying to push you. So if, if you are there and you're like, I'm not a Christian, um, but I'm putting this effort in to listen to my crazy Christian friends, I'm pushing you uh, intentionally. Um, and this is what I want to leave you with is, is it that Christianity is crazy or more that just all of our different understandings of the world like are also also have crazy claims and so instead of saying well your claim is crazy or your claim is crazy and again i'm, I'm throwing down the gauntlet not not trying to be a jerk but just trying to be really honest with you like the the central question of christianity is the historicity of jesus was he a real person did he actually die did he actually rise from the dead so anyway I I probably won't try and push people that much on episodes because we, we do want to, you know, talk with, with you about a whole a bunch of different stuff. And you might be sitting there going, man, you're just trying to evangelize to me. And in some ways, that's true. But in other ways, I'm like, well, this is how I really think about it. So I'd love to hear what you have to think about it if we, you know, whoever you are, talking in person. But <laughs> So there's that. <laughs> um, did you have any closing thoughts um, before we close out our season, Nick? Mm. not that i can think of <laughs> okay as far as the contents that we, we've discussed so far well being that this is the season finale 
This is the appropriate time for recognition and to recognize credit where credit is due, to celebrate the people who make this podcast possible. And I would like to take a moment to specifically thank you, my favorite co-host from North Carolina, uh, Nick. Um, last weekend, a friend of mine, close friend of mine asked me, what is the most difficult part of making the podcast? And I was thinking about like the logistical requirements. And I've reflected on how much work that is done, especially by you. Um, for those who don't know, Nick creates the quotes and recordings for Facebook and Instagram. He finalizes the show notes. He publishes the episodes. He he runs the Patreon site. Right now, he's even working on like merchandise things. So perhaps most significantly, um, you know, I just wanted to thank you, Nick. This this podcast would never have started without you. Um, last time I was visiting Nick and Emma in North Carolina, I was kind of blabbering on about a whole bunch of random stuff and politics, and you know, we were you know angst about politics. And I mentioned the idea for a podcast in passing, not not seriously whatsoever. And I remember you saying, oh, I'm convicted that you should do this podcast. And I don't even know, but obviously, again, this is for our, our saying this, recognizing you, but um, also for our listeners. Nick had already been thinking about making a, a podcast. And um, from that moment on, really, Beggar's Bread became an actual commitment instead of just a random idea. Um, so I did want to finish this season just by saying thank you. Um, thank you for all the work you've done and to also just say very quite plainly for all our listeners beggar's bread would not exist without nick deciding <laughs> there would be no half of beggar's bread there just would be no beggar's bread so anyway half to say a baguette you. half a baguette which i still maybe. have not eaten uh maybe true. sometime i'll eat it sometime well, I anyway appreciate that yeah no it's it's cool no i'm definitely i didn't really think about the origins at all i think this has been a weird year in general but <laughs> indeed i'm definitely appreciative of being able to you know uplift voices and like that's why i personally like doing the quotes that you say and then the video grams that you've you know in some way shape or form like spoken out into the existence um and so i i'm, I'm much more comfortable in propagating your voice and the truth that you have to bring to to beggar's bread the beggar's bread table as it is so ah, thanks, thanks for saying good stuff and making yeah. it easier for me to quote it <laughs> because i use a lot of uh gosh garbage words in between <laughs> no it's good i think uh i think we're making it through and speaking of making it through we do have season three planned out and oh, yeah. we got some different topics we're going to be talking about. Again, we'll be we'll be talking about prayer. Don't worry. Don't you worry. We're going to be talking about uh, refugees. We'll be actually recommending a book during the regular season. And we're both excited for that. And the first episode of season three is called Those Among Us. Referring to Hmong culture. So it's kind of a pun. Anyway. We'll see you back in season three kickoff. Uh, we are going to take a two-week break, and we'll be coming back at you after that. See you soon. Bye, guys.